Hi everyone, so excited to be sharing about a section in the book of Matthew that Christians often refer to as the Lord's Prayer. There is so much more to this prayer than style liturgy and strange words. It encapsulates everything that Jesus wants for you and for me. And this movement he started called the church. Let's start in prayer. Why don't you join with me? Thank you, God, that you've given us this prayer to pray daily. We thank you that it will revolutionise, re-energise and refocus our prayer life. Thank you, God, that you love us so much. You have a purpose and a plan for our life. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us as we learn about your truth of your word here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's dive right into this prayer. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. And I'm going to read from the New King James Version, but you can read from whichever version you want. You can get out your Bible or look it up on your phone on your um, Bible app. Why don't we read this together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but growing up and, and hearing this prayer, I thought it was pretty strange. There are some words in there I didn't understand, and the concepts were odd at best. But as I grew in Christ and began to understand the purpose and the power of the gospel message, this prayer came alive to me. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit and I knew God was with me and for me and had a purpose for my life. So where do we find ourselves when Jesus is praying this prayer and teaching his disciples? teaching his disciples. We find ourselves in the middle of this extraordinary download in Matthew chapter 6 that, um, that is called uh, the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus talking to crowds of people that gather as, as he travels through Galilee, preaching and teaching and healing people. Now he stops and he teaches this amazing message on a range of topics, laying a foundation for his ministry and his mission. Jesus spoke to a huge crowd, not just his disciples, teaching them how to live, how to treat one another, how to view their money and their possessions, how to be generous, and how to pray. He was starting a movement, and these teachings lay a foundation for his ministry and his mission, and they show us how to live as a follower of Jesus. So why? Why this prayer? This prayer is a culmination of everything that is important to Jesus and boils everything from these three chapters into one powerful prayer that we can live by every single day. It is the extension of the two commandments, love God and love each other. Jesus gave us a proactive prayer because he knows that following him is hard. He tells us earlier in chapter 5 that people will mock us for following him. So he gives us a prayer to re-energise and refocus on our calling just like he did regularly. 
And I love that Jesus doesn't leave us in the dark about exactly how to pray either. Just before the prayer, in verses 5 to 8, Jesus tells everyone, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything, will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Wow, really good. I love it because as with everything in the gospel, this prayer is a matter of the heart. God desires genuine connection and relationship with us, not a performance. Jesus is letting his followers know that religious performance has no place in his kingdom. I love this prayer. It may not even take a minute or even 30 seconds to read aloud, but this prayer prayer packs a punch. It has an introduction, two sections, and in some translations, an ending like the New King James Version we read today. The introduction establishes who we are praying to. And then following that, section one emphasises first the holiness of God's name, second, his will, thirdly, our mission. Section two is all about God, our provider. He provides our daily needs, forgives us, and helps us forgive others, and leads and delivers us. Here is the heart of the gospel message. Then in some translations, it ends with a statement of praise. And next week, we're going to talk about God, our provider. But today, we're going to look at the first part of the prayer. Our Father in heaven begins the prayer. Jesus is calling God the Father. And this was unique. No one had ever done this before because he was the Son. Jesus is the only son, but when we make a heart decision to follow Jesus, we're spiritually adopted, becoming children of God and co-heirs in his kingdom. So we can say, our Father. Jesus invites us into sharing his identity and his mission. Everything he does, you and I do too. Everything he inherits from the Father, so will we. We are praying to the God who is revealed in the Son. And in the midst of their culture, the disciples needed someone to remind them and redefine exactly who God was. With many gods and various idols being worshipped, they needed to know that God was their father who they could depend on. Then we move along to the next one, the, the, the start of section one. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed is one of those strange words that we don't use in everyday language today. But it means regarded as holy, venerated or sacred. In the Greek, hallowed means blessed, sacred, revered and respected above all other names. When Jesus prays, hallowed be your name, he means may your name be recognised as holy above every other name. 
Again, Jesus is restoring God's reputation because it has been misunderstood and defiled. Jesus is reminding us of God's holiness in our everyday lives. We must pray in recognition of how truly awesome he is and humble ourselves. One of my favourite writers, Anne Voskamp, says this, Live like God is a genie in a bottle. We become like angry drunks. Live like God is a king on a throne and we become intoxicated with awe. We can so easily fall into the belief that God is like a genie, there to grant my wishes and make my life perfect. But life isn't perfect. God never promises that. But he is holy and he is always with us, even in his holiness. So powerful. And when I think of being in the presence of God's holiness, I think of Moses in Exodus chapter 40, sorry, chapter 34. After Moses had spoken with the Lord and been in his holy presence, his face shone. Our God is truly awesome and we need to restore him to his holy stature every single day in our lives. And next we find the mission statement. Your kingdom come. So we find out how exactly God's reputation will be redefined and restored. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is Jesus' purpose and vision for our lives. And before we pray anything else, we need to ground and orient ourselves in this truth. Jesus has a part for us to play in his kingdom revolution. Jesus proclaimed many times, the kingdom of heaven is near. And he also began many teachings with, the kingdom of heaven is like. He was all about the kingdom of heaven. God sent Jesus to earth to restore it and restore humans to their original calling, to restore heaven to earth and restore the relationship between God and people. Jesus teaches about loving one another. He heals. He breaks mindsets and cultural norms. He operates in power that can only come from God. And ultimately, he dies as the ultimate sacrifice to restore us to relationship with God. In the Garden of Eden, sorry, heaven and earth were completely overlapping. Then Adam and Eve rip apart heaven and earth when they declare independence from God by defining good and evil for themselves. Tim Mackey, who's the founder of the Bible Project, says this, The story of the Bible is about heaven invading earth. Jesus is bringing heaven to get the hell out of earth. I love it. And the book of Revelation at the end of the Bible is a picture of the complete restoration of earth. So what Jesus really means when he says the kingdom of heaven is near is that the kingdom of heaven is here and it is him. And when we pray for more and more of heaven to invade more and more of earth, it is more and more of Jesus pervading more and more of earth. And how does he do that? in us. We bring the kingdom revolution to the world around us. Jesus is living in each and every one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we bring more and more of heaven to more and more of earth when we live the gospel message, which is found in the second half of this prayer. 
And God loves us so much that he provides our every need. He forgives us and empowers us to forgive others, leads us and delivers us through the hard times. And this is good news. God never promises that everything will be easy, but he does promise to be with us. He is our Father in heaven who loves us. He is holy and there is no one like him. And he invites us to become part of his kingdom revolution by spreading the news of the transforming work of Jesus. I encourage you this week to start praying this prayer. What does each line mean to you? What does it mean to you that God is your Father in heaven? How does his holiness impact you? And what role do you or can you play in his kingdom revolution? Think on these things and pray through that. We are all commissioned by Jesus to go out into the world and make disciples. You know, someone this week needs to know of the hope, the grace, the peace, the love and freedom found in Jesus. I encourage you, be that person who reaches out and draws them closer to Jesus. I look forward to unpackaging the rest of this prayer next time.